2: one of the best sushi restaurants in Buffalo and had, they brought sushi to my son and I. It was great. At your house. Yeah. It was awesome. That. Listen to this. What and a life. that's a very good thing to have delivered because, you know, hot is not really pertinent at all. Don't eat hot sushi. Right. Don't. Yeah, eat in it. fact, I think hot sushi would probably be Terrible. really gross.
1: Don't do it. It's Mike Schope.
2: Fresh hot in neon is not something you see above the sushi place.
1: Can I get this? <laughs> no, that's right. Hot. Fresh hot Fresh sushi. Fresh and hot sushi. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That is so gross. <laughs> Fresh hot sushi here. You get some sushi.
1: You open the lid and it's like steam comes out. <laughs> and the bulldog.
2: Please stop. Please. Right, Ryan. You hey, ever do that? I've got you get to the throw sushi. Up in my stomach. You yes, open I up did. the lid and it's just sizzling
1: like a fajita. It's
2: Mike show. And the bulldog. <laughs> what are you doing in there? I'm microwaving the sushi.
0: WGR Sports Radio
1: 550. Well, I guess this is right enough. One way to look at where we are in our lives, Buffalo Sports prism, would be that here we are on a Monday afternoon in February. The football season is over. And I'm not literally watching, but I am watching the score of an Anaheim-Florida game. And it's not because, like, I would have done that 25 years ago because I wouldn't have thought of anything better to do. Like, that would have been my best idea for a Monday when I was 26 years old would be to, I'm just going to sit here and stare at my computer, if I had computers then, and uh, see how the Florida-Anaheim game is going
2: you you yeah and now uh you could also be keeping an eye on that for recreational wagering reasons. There is that too. There is that too. But but that's not why you're paying attention now, is it?
1: No, I mean, I'm barely paying attention, but it's I'm it's not zero. It's I'm I'm give, I'm mm-hmm. putting forth a non-zero amount of interest in this game. Uh and I don't have a bet on it. But look. Like we we're we're, con- we're, there. we're there we're yes you just you <laughs> just beat me we're there that's right we're there Sorry. Yeah. we're there the, it, yeah. it's it's close, it's interesting, it's fun, and it's what we've got <laughs> like it's I don't mean that the the, le- the least bit disparagingly like this is football's over. yeah is we're really not, all yeah, I'm you're saying not, you're not
2: not desperately looking to wedge. Um, a conversation about the Sabres being in a playoff race, a playoff push, whatever they're in. Um, you, you don't have to, it's real. Like, that. it's, it's, it's really happening. <laughs> they, they, you know, they got some good results on the weekend, including their own win in San Jose, which wasn't easy, but they got it. And, uh, you know, the standings, I think, look, the standings look pretty good. Like, points percentage wise, I think they're in the spot. So, you know, win some of these games in hand and uh, see where you end up.
1: And they have the seventh best goal differential in the conference. Eight teams make it. If only they went by goal differential. It's not that it's the best stat, but it's better than record. <laughs> it's better than points, uh, at least a little bit, for like, how good is your team. So it's only to say that the Sabres look like they're good enough. They're not a fluke. They're in this. They belong yep. in this cluster of teams here that are what? We've got six that are three points apart. And then you've got tomorrow night, and what will be the last time? I mean, there were a couple one-off games last year that were special. Uh, or Ryan Miller night even this year, mm-hmm. if you'd include that. I'm thinking of Rick Jenneret, But like sure. this this will take you back. I mean, this is Toronto and You know, in the last few years, there haven't been many Toronto games. Some of them fans weren't allowed in. If there were, no, we didn't have that. Like we just had the season where they they kind of played in a in the the whole league went on without fans. But the Sabers wouldn't have played the Leafs during that time because the Canadian teams all just played each other. Anyway, like that's kind of behind us, and here we go. It's Toronto again, and it's you know it's important. So and it's even at seven thirty. You know right. it's important.
2: Then you know it's important. Right. It's ESPN plus oh. who.
1: <laughs> Tomorrow night will be festive.
2: Everyone make your plans. This has been going on for a couple of years, but we have now the convergence of, I think, higher level of interest uh, because of everything we've just talked about. And so, I don't know, may- maybe people who are like, like, oh, I don't even really need to worry about how to find that because I don't really care that much anyway because, wow. You know, it's, it's not it's not must-see TV. Uh, I think it's gotten to that status now, so I don't know. Like, just make sure your subscriptions are accurate. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I've, I've been in a labyrinth for the last few weeks trying to figure out my subscriptions there. But anyway, uh, just be advised. Not not regular TV tomorrow, so if you're really excited about Leaf Sabres, just, you know, just make sure you can find your way to the game.
1: It's even fun for the Toronto fans, probably, that come down whenever they can for these games that, like, Okay, this matters to the other guys. This game, I won't be sitting next to Saber fans who are hate watching their team and hoping they yeah. lose so yeah. they can get a better draft pick. You know, maybe, like
2: maybe maybe tomorrow night and into Wednesday, uh, we'll get reacquainted with how annoyed we used to get with how many Leafs fans are in the building. That's right. Like I, I, I think you know at any point last year, I think a lot of us would have just welcomed a crowd period, you know, just, just give me a crowd because, you know, it was so, it was so tough in there, you know, aside from a couple of things you just mentioned, right. Michael's return RJ Knight, Um, but this is now, you know, not, not like we're packing the building at any, you know, regardless of who the opponent is, but this will, I have a feeling it, it's, it's been a while since we've been on edge about the Sabres results. And I think, you know, seven or eight or more thousand Toronto fans, could be uh could be particularly annoying because it's you know we've sort forgotten uh how that how that feels you know sort of like how we forget how to get to the arena when there's a lot of traffic <laughs> it's just like we <laughs> get reacquainted with some things that used to be very familiar and like dudes wearing capes with tinfoil cups you know maybe has been kind of cute for a couple of years but probably not anymore
1: also Ryan O'Reilly right if you want. The trade. Well,
2: he, he almost scored like 10 seconds into his first shift Saturday night. I was watching that. Uh, didn't, but anyway.
1: Didn't. Who's going to remember? Yeah. Nope. Only Me, had. I'm going to remember. They remember Steve Bernier for doing things. <laughs> you know, this is Ryan O'Reilly. Well, for those who are inclined, this is now, we've got 11 days to the trade deadline. This game tomorrow means a lot. Then it's two games in Florida. This Florida mm-hmm. Panthers game now, like you're hoping they don't get two points. Then you've got uh, Washington here on Sunday, so uh, really good stuff. And I don't know, do you think they're up to it? Like I'm just mentioning the goal differential point. We know the standings are close. Any, I think two out of five or six teams could end up there in the spots for for these guys. I think you know why would why wouldn't this be right? But I'm just kind of like more of the same in that you know there is top end talent. And they do the thing I think I would say is the hardest thing to get right in the NHL well, and that's score goals. Like, they've got guys who can do that. It's just, can the other end hold up? Can the goaltending hold up? And, you know, part of this is, of course, how they have been in this sort of rotation mode with three different guys. Like you've got 28 games left, and I just feel like with the All-Star break and then right back out to California, like, tomorrow feels like, a new beginning. It's the final third of the season. Eastern Conference. Um, you're done playing at least out west. Or, or, the road games against the Western Conference, and it's going to be. That's too bad. I, I guess it is. Yeah, they won eleven, <laughs> and not a fifteen. But it's going to be all kinds of games like these coming up, where you know Toronto isn't right next to them in the standings, or even Tampa, which is Friday, uh, Thursday but Florida is, and Washington is, and just all it sort of feel like all the rest of these games, as long as they stay in yep. it, are important.
2: And, you know, we don't talk about strength of schedule that often as it pertains to hockey. I, I guess, you know, there's so many games, um, and there's variance, and it's just not like football. Uh, I think for that talking point, anyway, but I, I have read numerous times over the last few weeks that the Sabres have, The toughest or one of the top two or three toughest schedules remaining?
1: That's got to be a lot because of that Western point. Right. Like, the West is weaker, so you don't have uh, any of those games left. They might have a couple home games left.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I have not really looked at that yet. Nashville. Um, I'm looking
1: at that right now because that's... I go. think it's those three.
2: You're not just making those names up out of thin air. No. You're looking at the schedule. Good Dallas, good We're on Nash- the radio. <laughs>
1: Edmonton, Dallas, and Nashville. Are there th- They have three games left against the West All right. here next well,
2: week. Well, y- yes. I- I- are they up to it? Um, you know, I- we'll see is a cop-out. I-, I-, I think... We'll see is the answer. R- right. <laughs> um, Can we like- do better? But my opinion is, y- you know, yeah, yeah. Because everyone around them is flawed, you know like they're, they're not there's there's no team there. Maybe Florida is the team in this mix that I would most be worried about, you know, quote unquote, figuring it out because there is a lot of talent there, and you know they made a pretty big change to their roster in the off season. And it's been pretty rocky for a lot of the year, but there, there they are. What are they? A point or two ahead of the Sabers, right now. Uh,
1: two, two. Five more games played. It'll be six right. in an hour.
2: Right. So, um, but but that's a team like that. I don't want to say they're not fl- as flawed as the. Other, but that that that's the maybe the strongest team. That's the team that going into the year you would have looked at, at them, their previous performance. The roster and gone like, yeah, that's probably, you know, maybe that's a top three team in the division, or certainly a wild card contender. Um, but really, everybody's everybody's got problems. So the Sabres are far from a perfect team, but the good news is, the teams they're playing aren't exactly perfect either.
1: I think it's like, Pittsburgh is hard to bet against, for me. Just like, legacy. And they're finally
2: getting, they're getting Jari back, and that matters a lot, because Casey DeSmith is a been a nightmare for them
1: i just wouldn't want to bet against that core yeah. in, in terms of getting into the playoffs and then it's florida i mean upside expected goal stuff florida's better than this i think but they haven't won like it and then unless the league wants ovechkin in uh then I'd say, oh, somebody tell the league, we'll watch the hell out of these playoff games if the Sabres get in. Like, just, I don't know. If everybody in Buffalo watches these games, does that equate to, like, half of Washington or Toronto or something? <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to watch the Islanders. You know, just in case you need a tiebreaker. Yep. Our team is fun, and it's we're, we're starving for it. But, you know, actually, as I say that, I mean, we love it, and it's been forever. But for this year... How badly do we all want it? Like, it's a little bit of a surprise, if not a lot of a surprise, going back to before the season started. For me, it was more, as we talked about all the time, like, it was more just out of mind, rather than just sort of being plugged into it in a way like, okay, well, if this happens, I mean, for me, it was like a casual exercise to think, like how could the Sabers make it close? Right, and, and you, were, get the you playoffs. were talking
2: a lot about like win half your games,
1: right? Like. Which is what they've done. I mean, twenty eight and twenty six. Yeah, they've they've done that, and, and look at squarely it squarely in a race. That's, That's right. That's right. <laughs> but in terms of making the playoffs, it was not something I was betting on. Um, but really, like think think of Greg Wasinski with us on Thursday. You know, Timo Meyer, who the Sabers just saw. Um what do you think like pedal down want to go for this and make a trade would, like I, that and I, he I, said I, no I know he said ah, not you don't need to do that like really keep doing what you're doing was kind of Greg's vibe when it came to the Sabers and you know that's I get it you have a young team here and the you want to think they're going to be better next year no matter whether they make a trade like that or not right but there is a there is a moment here
2: Mhm Yeah I I'm um I'm not yet married to any of the kids that aren't here to such an extent. Maybe Kulik would be the guy at the top of this list for a lot of fans, for people who are watching Rochester and and paying attention to what, you know, what what you're reading on sites that are are covering uh, what Rochester's doing. Um, He might be the guy that you'd you'd least want to see be included in any kind of a trade. But Meyer fits so well to me what you're about, his age, you've got the room for the money. Um, and I, I, I just, I think that's a, a spot you could slot a guy right in there and be better right now and improve, you know, in the long run. Because, frankly, any, any prospect you're banking on or, or hoping for, I don't know you're banking on any of them at this point, um, you, you'd love to see them become as, as accomplished as that guy is. And he's still got, you know, prime of his career left here so i i i i disagree with greg wischinski from thursday i i I think if kevin adams wanted to swing with a first round pick and a prospect or two for timo meyer i i I, i'm i'll get out of the way man like go go for it because i i think that could really really have a positive impact on the results here and you know the the trick is you know do they have to make it this year no but if you got to look at it and something fits, like it's one of these, you know, sort of adapt on the fly type of moves. I, I don't think, if they were being honest with you, that they were expecting this season going into the year. Um, so, I don't know, does that necessarily mean that because you are maybe exceeding even your own internal expectations that you don't, put, as you said, put the pedal down? I mean I, I, I think it could be warranted. I don't know
1: if that's the question in terms of like just the hockey department. I think though what could be a question is how far can we go? Like this it's interesting, you know, I just want to say it. We we have you and I and the fans have this drought burden and like the points about being starved for it and the points about how long it's been every one of those points. Really should be. We just did this with the Bills the other day, right? I made this point about them. It really should be irrelevant to the hockey department. Making the playoffs is good. That's a goal. You're saying how much of one was it versus now, and whether that would work into the equation. You know, maybe, but I, I don't want those guys to care about how long the fan base has waited. I think ownership should care and would know, and would you'd want to have you'd want have to have ownership have some feel for that. But it's not a better, it's not a better hockey move or a worse either way because of whether you made the playoffs in 2013. Like you got to do, you're on a path, Mm -hmm. and you're only you're, you're trading for Meyer if you think it it meaningfully helps your chances this year. But that's not even really the best, the biggest reason why you're doing it. That's right. You're doing it for beyond that.
2: Yeah, because there is
1: there is a tier break between the teams you would play in the playoffs. I mean, for the most part, and the teams you're playing against to get in, you know, so you can get in. You can beat Mm -hmm. the Islanders out and you have this much. I'm doing that little thing like this much better of a chance to do that if he's on your team than if he's not. It's not going to be massive. It might be one game's worth. You know, it might be like that. Two points worth with Meyer. Um, So you can. Do that and improve your chances by that little bit, but are you more likely to beat Boston like if you're the last team in you're playing Boston?
2: yeah, that's tough <laughs> like you, you see you start you start throwing around beating Boston in a seven game series and like uh, I don't know that that's why I like the Meyer idea more than like any like I, I, I there's no confusion and I'll need to dwell on 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 Greg Wachinski's response to us talking about this subject. Um, but to me, the, the, the response he gave us would be correct. If you were talking about selling off young assets, draft picks, prospects for rental players, for Patrick Kane. Um, and I have zero interest in doing that. Meyer. If it's right, and, I, and I, I mean, I fail to see how it wouldn't be right, is someone that helps you for a good five years here, then, you know, whatever I get out of it this year, if it helps me end a playoff drought, you know, great for us as the fans. But if he's a part of the puzzle, a key piece in the puzzle moving forward, then even better. You know, I get, you know, the, the the trick there might be that it costs a lot more money than any of these prospects that could be taking that spot within the next year. That includes Quinn and Paterka, who are already on this team and guys like Kulik or Savoy or Osland um, who would be on rookie contracts when they eventually get here, assuming they do. And, you know, maybe that matters to them from a business standpoint. Um, or from a cap standpoint, eventually, but that just feels so far off to me. Um, and I know it can build up in a hurry once you start signing guys to seven or eight or more, in the case of Darlene, say, million-dollar contracts. But I just feel like there's a fit there, and it's not a temporary quick fix. I got to end the drought because ownership is on my back, and the fans are – uh, itchy and and really want to see it. It, it. It's a it's a it should be a piece of a team's puzzle for again you know for a good five years and that's a huge difference.
1: You got to wonder if they have the goaltending to do it. Are you in the mood for any kind of a goaltending move? Like, can you be at the same time a buyer, if you will? Like, it's sort of nuanced, but but you are trading youth for present, and you have a specific goal in mind of this year's playoffs. Like you could probably get a goalie somewhere that you think is a better bet for this year than the guys you have, but it's already crowded. And that seems to, I think, get in the way of the future. Like what's happening to the guys I have if I do that? So, and then, so that, can you justify the first and not doing anything about the second. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. roll with Lukanen and the other guys here and take my chances. Because I think that's probably what they'll do.
2: I do, too. Um, I mean, he had a great night Saturday night after you know kind of a stumble coming out of the break in that home game uh, against Calgary, their first game out of the break. I, I think, what have they got, 28 games left? Mm-hmm. Sitting here right now, I would be surprised if Lukanen doesn't play 20 of them. Wow. With, I I just think that that's Granado said it, said it today I think right like it's it's going to be you know they wanted to get everybody a game coming out of the break they did that you know they did manage to win the game in Anaheim Anderson did not have a good night in LA at the beginning of that trip uh but basically the the tone I get from Granado is the best guy you know provided he's ready is playing and and that's Luken. So um, you know, until until there's another misstep, and who knows, maybe that comes as soon as tomorrow night. Uh, I I think that that's got to be the guy that goes in the majority of these games, and I don't know what they'll do about the rest of it. You know, if Anderson is still supposed to get this one game a week type thing, or if even that gets put. Uh, you know put put on on the back burner because you know yeah you know we've got a 41 year old backup goalie and he's played you know very well his numbers I think even with the lousy game are still the best of the three but
1: it's it's sort of a clear margin actually yeah
2: but I, is that it, on a given night is that your best game? maybe it is and maybe he just plays once a week and looking in you know that's not quite the rest but it's close um, and Comrie just has to, you know, he, maybe he's the odd man out. I don't know. But my best guy's got to play, I think, 20 of these games.
1: That seems high to me, especially when he hasn't really he – has, he's been tough to trust. Like, he has not really elevated. And Anderson's numbers are better. And wherever Comrie is, you know, it's just a very interesting, I think anyway, maybe Don Granado would not look at it this way, but balancing act – Between this year's goals and then in some cases, you know, the future. And really, Comrie maybe is a player. I'm probably overstating it, though. I think I'm probably overstating it with any of that. Like, Lukanen's younger anyway. And so if he's your guy, then he is. But, and I wouldn't,
2: I, I, look, I, I want to see them get somewhere and I'd love to see them get, you know, somewhere being the playoffs. Um, But would I, do I want to see them? Make a move and goal. I, I have to, I have to say no. It's not a hard no, but does it fit the long range plan? Like it, if I'm right about Lukanen, and maybe maybe 20s high, but but if he's the guy, and you're gonna ride him down the stretch, um, maybe that gives you uh, you know a, a lot more information about what he's capable of at this level. So it, it helps maybe answer your question about what to do next year. Um, but, like, I, I wouldn't want to just acquire a goalie if it's not Timo Meyer. You know what I mean? Like if it's not something that fits.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: The long-range plan, I'm not sure, because a lot of that stuff can just be... The, the the variance it, it's it's kind of a wild card. I, I don't know that I would trust a goalie that I could get now to necessarily be better than what I've had. That
1: that's saying. I think that's even putting it mildly. Like the, and that's how Adams has described it too with goalies. So it's hard enough to know what you're getting, and now you're going to take a third of a season, and you're not going to play every game anyway. And you've got three goalies already. <laughs> it just yeah. I mean, I don't I don't see it, but. The the thing that's interesting about that, again, is just how to align that with what else are you going to do, if anything. And if it's like a power move like Meyer would be, then all right, well, maybe I don't want to just stop there. 803-0550 is the number. Sabres also, and I know you're, you're waiting for it, XFL. XFL, mm-hmm. that's absolutely.
2: That made headlines over the weekend.
1: For one particular reason, I think, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of good fodder. Also, and that's not that Russ Brandon is the president of the league either. I didn't mean that. Um, a little golf maybe. NFL draft will be every day. Free agency. Free agent idea of the day for the Bills. You know, let's go. eight oh three oh five fifty to call in. Mike Shope and the Bulldog. WGR.
3: You know, here we are and, you know, we're carrying three. And as I said, we make decisions and moving forward now that it's going to be different. As we move forward into a push for a playoff spot, wins are important. The, uh, the, the complete importance of everything is winning, and we'll make our decision based on that moving forward.
1: Yeah, you know, if this, this is, a, I guess, a little different than I was thinking. That's Don Granado, of course. Has Don Granado reached, of course, status? He is talking about how he will be, you know, setting the lineup for the Sabres coming up. Pretty much, he had to have that. What is Comrie's value to this? Like, going back to the summer, I really liked this idea. And I know, I feel like I know that there was a good process in how the Sabres got to it. Mm -hmm. Just not an easy puzzle all along, like who the goalie will be. The Sabres have missed badly uh, with different free agents and just, okay, what is the play? And so I liked that. And it just never really took off for him. Lukaden has done well enough. Anderson has held up well enough. I mean, at least that. So there isn't really room for him, and he had an injury. But the future is what? The future eventually is Levi, probably. That's still that's not next year either, right? No,
2: no. I, so, I'd be very surprised if you know. I wouldn't say he wouldn't get a game or two here next year, but uh, it would surprise me if he were in the plans for next year here.
1: Yeah. So um, Comrie was he had a look at it and the year is two-thirds over, and it's really not him.
2: Yeah, He never, he never really got anything established. He, he was, I think, pretty decent to start, and then injuries hit the blue line, and his game kind of fell apart, and then he got hurt, and now it's just been like, you know, are they going to get a chance, or is he going to get a chance to establish something here? Um, I mean, I, he, he feels a little bit like maybe the odd man out here right now.
1: And you know, I guess the end of that is so be it.
2: He is under contract for next year, though. He is. It was a two-year deal, so
1: that's fine, right? That's fine. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's what. That's a little. That's why I'm sort of a little bit equivocating because he is an investment too. Like he is somebody that the Sabers have going forward, and so here's Granado and he's right to say it. It's how you'd want it. I think. Just we're we're trying to win games. Like that's where we're at mm-hmm. right now. That's what matters. And so, you know, where that leaves him is where that leaves him. Yeah, and
2: Ho- hopefully, sorry, did I get No, just
1: like there? he's not somebody that there's this bigger investment in where you might have to think that right. think about that differently.
2: Yeah, it, it, yeah, I mean, it is an investment, but it's a modest one. So, I'm not saying like you can just like sort of put him in the corner and forget about it. Um I I don't think there's any benefit to that. I I think maybe best case scenario here for him and for them. Would be like if he if he has a role here if he unseats Anderson as as the you know I don't even know like it, which one of them is the primary backup like I, I don't even know uh, I think Comrie dresses right uh, for these games and Anderson when he dresses plays I think is how it's been going but um, I started to say best case scenario here is you you ride Lukan in and. You feel good enough whether you make the playoffs or not, you feel decent enough about his progress this year that going into next year, a tandem of he and Comrie makes sense. You're like, okay, could could we get better? Could we get something more maybe more dependable uh or proven? You know, maybe, but good luck. I mean, that's how you ended up at Comrie last off season in the first place. You didn't trust any of the supposed more dependable established goalies on the market, so you went you went this route instead and banked on you know what a, a, a larger sample size netting you similar results to what he had in you know on less than twenty games last year in Winnipeg. Either way, moving forward for next year, if you get through this year and don't make the playoffs, but in looks like someone who you could start next year with as your number one then I think you're at least stabilized and not going into an off season going oh my god what do I got to do I got to find some goalies that's I, what it was last season
1: sorry I think stabilize is probably okay but you got to get him to 90 percent for because ne- next year maybe this varies a little bit based on what happens this year but it's not a long road it's not like the old days in baseball or something where like you have a team this year that for the first, unless you want to count like the end of last year, kind of for the first time looks interesting and maybe somebody that can contend the, the result of the, the, the next thing isn't, well, maybe in 2026 I can win it. Like, no, it, maybe that's actually you, you know, something, but you really got to get, another step next year and what is that like there aren't that many steps is what i'm saying between mm-hmm. where they are now and the top like you want to be you have this core you, they've done great i think signing the right guys for next year and beyond in, in like the cousins contract mm-hmm. for example but you, you this is not we're not developing anymore next year you might have a couple other from this last draft you had three first round picks so you might have a couple of those guys wiggle their way in and have a better team with them already but you also want to hit hard i think in the off season and kind of try to be in the Toronto club next year you know i don't think that that's too ambitious you don't have forever in short mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. you don't have forever the managers don't and the players don't so you know i want to think that they'll spend some money this summer and If Lucanen can't get to 90% save percentage, their D could use at least one more really good player. (laughs) Sure. sure, But, I don't know, stabilized, sure, but are we good there? Like, I don't know if I will be. I don't know if I will be. Because he hasn't been consistent enough or, frankly, like, good enough to make me think, like, all right, well, I don't have to think about that anymore, you know? I'm not there yet.
2: Yeah. I just, this is his first real look at this job. And Luke, you mean Luke? L- Luke That's Luke. what we call, call <laughs> it. First real Luke at, this real Luke at it. Wow, I'm gonna need a moment to recover from yes. that. Yes, I left. Uh, I left where, the show. What, what, what was I doing? Um, this is his first year, really, like taking you know, take taking this for a spin, and it, so for him it takes time, and you know maybe maybe if you're suggesting we don't have time because you want to do better than stabilized. Like okay, but then I'm gonna circle right back to where I was last off season. Uh, I had alluded to already that got me to Comrie, which is okay. What's available? Who's available? And uh, do I trust it? And what's it cost? And does it fit like our overall timeline? Right? It, do Do I want to go invest in someone for five years with Levi coming? I mean, I mean that that's still so speculative, but. I just feel like that man, I feel really good about his development at this point. Um, so it's tricky. Like I wanna leave the runway clear for him and I don't know if if doing something big in goal man, I just I think it's really hard to find that guy. The the right guy to do that. I mean you can you can pay somebody and make it look like here's our number one goalie, but I you know, I don't know. Edmonton just did that with Jack Campbell and some dude named Stuart Skinner's been out playing him all year. So, you know, good luck to you.
1: Anaheim went ahead on a Kulikov goal at Florida. I bet they had a tribute video for him in Florida. Uh, 3-2, and then Florida tied it a minute later. It's Mm. under a minute to go, uh, 3-3. 52-23 shots for the Panthers. There it is.
2: There it is, indeed.
1: Nice weekend. You know, we were out, neighbors, out on Saturday night. I did not get to your show. It our thing went so late. Like, the, the thing that didn't need to happen for myself and maybe others, I don't know, did anybody come over um, from where we were to Ironworks, was for when our draft ended, our February fix fantasy football draft Saturday night ended, the Sabre game just was starting. Like, it was starting at that time. So mm, yeah. guys were in there watching that. And I was thinking about you and, like, do I need a ticket? And when it was, like, t- we were ready to go over there, so, somebody, Joe or Sal, said, like, it's 1130. You might have been done by 11 30 or not
2: yeah 11 30 is probably about when that thing wrapped up yeah like we played my leo and i joined the leroy towns band and some other artists pretty late so we didn't play i don't think until 10 30 or so our, our part of the show our two songs um but eleven thirty would have been too late yeah
1: too yeah. late yeah and then was... then you would have been tied up from coming over to our draft
2: Yeah, we. I decided, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen there. And like if like what my night, my early evening was going to be like, like I'd suggested I might come see you guys because you were right around the corner from Ironworks, which is where this petty tribute night was. Um, And I thought if Leo and I had to be there for sound check, which was like, you know, six o'clock, then, you know, we'd probably want to get out of there for a little while and do something else. Turned out we didn't need to do that. So I didn't get we didn't get downtown until like eight thirty. Uh, the show was already underway by the time we got there, hmm. um, so the chance to come over and say hi to you guys like dissipated with that with that plan, with that schedule change for us. So anyway, in we missed est- each other. You missed Gre- Bauck was there. Oh yeah, uh, but I don't think he would. Was he at your draft? I don't think he was.
1: He um, would set foot on the sun before coming to a fantasy draft. Okay, that guy
2: in in February especially probably ever. Yeah, um, even
1: even leagues he's in, he hates going <laughs> to the draft. Yeah. He, I, The last time, not the last time I saw him, but really one of the last times I hung with him, I guess, was at a fantasy draft. It was a dynasty league in the beginning of the second season. Greg was in it, and we sat next to each other at this table at a bar, and I just remember like the whole time, he's like, get me out of here. Just get me out of here. Get me out of this league. Can you help? Can you save me? Mike, I'll give you my fifth round pick if you can just get me out of this league. And he left. I, I didn't. You he know. didn't need my help. It turns out he just he did quit. Yeah. So well, I do not this a, idea fun. You
2: missed a banger of a night over there. I'm sure you guys had fun at your draft. Um, but Pack House, I mean, just great crowd, really energetic. It was one of the most fun, maybe the most fun time I've ever had playing. But part of that is because I got to play with one of my kids too. That was, yes. was Fun. So really, really memorable night for me.
1: Friday on our show was the quarterback carousel draft. Derek Carr's name came up a lot, and it's coming up a lot today. After his visit with the Jets, one site that I think is really good. One of their writers listed three teams. Could he use this on Friday? Three teams that make the most sense. Two are kind of obvious, and one isn't. I'll have that for you. I'll spring that on you next, unless Derek Carr signs in the next five minutes, and we'll just talk about who we picked. Sal coming up at four on this and even, and more. I almost said end the draft too, but I wouldn't want to impose. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Schoep and the Bulldog at 803-0550. This is WGR. What did it mean to you to meet Tiger and be out here today at the tournament?
0: Um, I mean,
2: little starstruck, obviously. He's one of the only athletes ever. Him and uh, Kobe are the two guys that I actually felt my heart beat faster when
0: you know he's standing over a putt for, for a tournament. Like I legit felt the pressure with him. So that was pretty cool. Um, never forget it.
1: Josh Allen at Riviera. Not the first quarterback in Bill's history ever to go to Riviera, by the way. Um, I heard something about Kelly playing. There. Yes, yes. That, I don't have pictures or anything, but um, I watched a lot of that tournament. And I did too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tiger is part of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I just you, there's nothing better that I know of that you can put on your TV to fall asleep to. <laughs> and and I was interested in it. But I was powerless yesterday afternoon. I mean, it was a late night Saturday. <laughs> Same year. I I, tr- I turned the channel once to some other thing, like some other sports thing, maybe or Food Network. It was Food Network. Tournament of Champions was last night, and so I put that on. And I knew I was tired. I'm like, no, I can't fall asleep to this. Back to the golf. Just listen, listen to the wind. Is just the wind and the the din of the the crowd, interrupted by the occasional bozo yelling who knows what.
2: There was a good amount of that at the at this at, at this. Uh, Would
1: wedding. you ever in your life yell a single thing at a golf tournament? No. We really need new phones. T-Mobile
3: will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month.
0: New iPhone 15s? It's over
3: here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month
0: with eligible trade-in when you switch.
2: No, I mean there are definitely worse things that you can do with your time, with your life, to make a nuisance of yourself. Let me think about that. But actually. the people, the 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 men, I, it's I, it, it's almost always men to my ears. I mean, I, I think of course. Um, <laughs> just, you know, hey, just trying to be fair. At
1: the women's tournaments, <laughs> are the women yelling I, out random I don't things, know,
2: or are men yelling? I, I have no. But like the, those, I thought about tweeting. You know, you you say a lot. Like you. You, you go to tweet something, and then you, just, you, nah, you think better. I, Ten times watching golf over the over the four days of that tournament, I thought about tweeting, like, are, are the people who yell whatever they're yelling? It's usually almost indecipherable. Um, I guess you assume a lot of times it's just get in the hole or something like that, but a lot of times it's more complicated than that. Are these the worst people on earth is something I'm thinking as I'm watching it. Like, definitely not the worst people on earth the stupidest people on earth probably not the stupidest people on earth but there there's something it's just it's just so moronic
1: yeah like what's the point right nobody like, can see what, you doing it
2: you 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 are you, you going to hey did you did you hear when uh when scheffler teed off on 13 i was the guy that yelled rah, rah, rah. great great do you have it on video? Is it saved in your DVR now? Do people still have DVRs? These are all questions I have about the this person. Mm-hmm. The yelling at the golf tournament person. What? what happened to you along the way that you think that that is a cool thing to do?
1: I don't know. It's just so embarrassing to have to yeah. it would be so embarrassing to be walking with somebody like that.
2: It almost it just, feels embarrassing to be upset as upset as it, I am about it. it.
1: I agree with that. Yep. I'm not uh Exactly, proud of this take. But I just don't I, I, understand. Look,
2: we make our living getting outraged at frivolous nonsense, and this definitely qualifies.
1: But I also don't get why videotape every shot on your phone right in front of you. Because <laughs> who needs that? Like who? Who is impressed with that? Okay, maybe once you once or twice. Maybe the next day you'd watch it. Then what? Just what else are you going to do? I guess you're just standing there getting yeah. ready to yell mashed potatoes or something. I just. <laughs> What what's wrong with just going to the golf, standing there, walking around, looking at it, applauding, you know, whatever? Rarely is there booing. Right. Just said, you know, we've got the PGA in May. Bracing. I'm not preparing anybody for anything. I'm not telling anybody what to do. I'm just bracing for more. Hey, look, I just I I still like to watch it. Me, me too. Rom won. <laughs> Rom and Homa. It was Homa he... for a while, then it was Rom again.
2: Yeah, Rom. Rom was. But it felt to me—I don't know how closely you were watching. You did mention this thing about the nap, uh, but his putter, I think, saved him. Like he was—he was, he was kind of lost at sea for a couple of holes, but he made a couple of putts and got things back together. I thought he was in danger of blowing it on Sunday for a little while there.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't get you to Derek Carr here, but we'll do that with Sal. Because C- Sal's up to speed too, having been a part of our draft on Friday. Uh, destinations. Mike Tanier of Football Outsiders lists three teams that he thinks are the best fit for Derek Carr. Two of them are maybe obvious. The other, the other isn't. It's not the Bills, so I'm not setting you up for that. Uh, but we will talk to Sal about this and some other topics: the draft and free agency, still a couple of weeks away, maybe maybe three or four. Mike Show in the Bulldog here with Sal Capaccio after sports on WGR.